Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Now the internet is constantly pushing us to do things more and more. Is this stressful for people? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I certainly find it incredibly stressful. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like we have this feeling of less and less time has been something I've been feeling. I know many people feel this. Um, and I think it's because we, we're really packing our time with emails to send and Facebook to update and Instagram to check and, you know, every alone moment, like we were talking about earlier in the restaurant, ends up crammed with kind of a, a busyness or a making sure that you're multitasking all the time. Um, and so I think that creates anxiety for us in a, in a way and in our sense of peace is taking immediately from that. Do you think those who created the Internet, created the phones, uh, ever expected this to happen? It's an interesting question. I, I, you know, I think some of them know, and then some of them, it seems like, completely, right? Like, a lot of them have admitted that the apps that they created were built, they built addiction into the user interfaces, uh, and so that seems so nefarious. I mean, I don't know that they, I think they had good intentions as well of connecting people, but um, it was the marketing and the profit drive that really pushed them to exploit us as as the the users of these things. What's new in the future, Alex? What's going to happen 5, 10, 20 years from now, in your opinion? Well, you know, I think that uh, we're talking about holograms. I think we'll probably see some kind of hologram technology. Uh, I think wearable technology is going to continue to increase, um, and at least for a little bit, be pretty um, clunky and sort of this idea of body suits and being able to enter a virtual world. Or um, In one of my stories, True Love Testimonials, people are uh, both dating and having sex online by wearing body suits and then going on virtual dates. Um, and so I think something like that, as horrifying as that sounds, I think we might see that technology expand and, and probably push towards a kind of bioenergetic technology where we don't need those bodysuits, but we can be continually immersed in a, a mixed world of both reality and uh, augmented reality. I could see your phones creating holograms when you talk to somebody. Uh, it beams you to them and beams them to you. Yeah. And you, yeah, you know exactly. you have a little model of somebody talking, walking around on your tabletop, for example. <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be wild. Um, yeah, I could see That'll exactly happen. something like that happening. Um, you know, this three D printing technology is really far out as well. I, mean, now I don't understand it that well, but it's I it's don't bizarre. I mean, you know, while I write about this, I <laughs> come clean. I really don't understand it or research it very deeply, you know, I'm sort of on the user, clunky user side of everything. I mean, they're make, they're using it to make human ears and things like that. It's crazy. That's, that's completely crazy. I mean, I, you know, I knew about the houses, these 3D printed houses, and, you know, and here's something that I think is amazing. You can 3D print a house. That sounds incredible. What's the um, material? Is it like plastic? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a plastic. I've yet to hold something that was 3D printed. I've seen it made, um, and I still don't get it. I mean, you know, again, this is, uh, I wish I, I knew more about it in some ways. And, and then, again, as a for the fiction side, me not understanding it often allows me to 
be even more imaginative and explore what it could be. It's just truly remarkable. The, the... You know, and this human ear thing you bring up, I mean, I think this is, it does seem to be the dream of certain certain kinds of, of technology and cybernetic creators that one could create a human eventually, right? One could create consciousness. One could create an AI that's self-thinking. Um, and I certainly don't have that drive at all. <laughs> like, I don't want that. Um, but some people do. And so there's this kind of, I think, underneath it all, this push for uh, creating consciousness itself. What do you not like about this kind of technology? <laughs> Where to start, right? I mean, I think, I think the, what I really don't like about it is the marketing part of it. You know, the part that tries to sell our data constantly or get right. our data to figure out who we are and then... Um, manipulate that and sell it to other parties. I mean, I'm amazed you look at one ad on the Internet for something, whatever yeah. it is, and it follows you all day long. Yeah, exactly, right? Or this creepy sensation we have when we're having a conversation about something and then all of a sudden there it is, you know? You were talking about Hawaii? How about going on a Hawaii vacation? It starts to get very creepy. I've noticed lately that my smartphone when it's not even on Wi-Fi, that, you know, you may, you know, be talking to somebody and the phone will send you an ad for what you've been talking about. Yeah. How do they do yeah. that? Well, you know, so there's this amazing movie I saw called The Great Hack, and it's really disturbing, right? And a lot of us, you know, my feeling without knowing was like, it must be listening and sending the data. Um, but it turns out that Everything we're doing right now is being tracked because when we use our credit cards, it tracks us when we use our phone, like the whole thing. And so it creates all these data points, and apparently we're very easy to read by these data points, um, down to you know our likes, our dislikes, what we might do in five minutes almost, um, our, our ideologies, you name it. They can kind of both, both predict that and then control it quite easily. That's horrifying to me. Right? That's a social experiment gone wrong, in my in my opinion. Um, and I think that's this question of data dignity that I was talking about. Where how do we wrestle that back? How do we begin to say nope, you can't use our data? Um, you know, and and we if you're going to use our data, we need to be paid for it. Um, but I think this sort of we need to be paid for it is even a, a mild step. In some ways, I think we should just really say that's not the way that we use one another anymore. Um, but that does run up against a kind of capitalist. Have uh, you found urge. Have you found that most younger people are into this kind of technology? Completely. Completely. And they, right. and they and know I, it like the back of their hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're giving it now to babies in the crib, right, to play with and to get entertained. Um, and my students certainly love, you know, I mean, they will use the word love for their, for their iPhones. Um, and and so yeah, and, and it's such a problem as far as like being a parent, you know, because we are we have this pressure that we want to give our kids what they want, and they want these phones, and they want to be connected, and then you give it to them, and you lose them completely from you know daily interactions. Even younger kids, kids that are five or six, want them. Yeah, yeah, and then then the question is, what do you do? This is what they want, right? I have a story in the new collection called "We Only Wanted Their Happiness." And it has to do with implanting technology, and the kids want these implants in their heads. 
finally the parents relent because, you know, the kids keep asking and everybody has it and they want to connect. And then the children begin to turn into these monsters because of it. They're talking about the Internet on contact lenses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this, is, this is the, uh, you know, this is what I'm exploring. I have some contact lens technology in these stories in the last ones. And this is where it's like, oh, no, I'm just writing pastoral realism here. I mean, how can you drive a car when you've got the Internet in your eyeball? Right. Well, I mean, that's the whole self-driving thing, right? So then the car will Oh, I see. And then we'll have the Internet, so we won't even be paying attention there. See, I thought one of the things I thought they were going to do is make the uh, car, what's it called, the windshields, into touchscreens. You know, once it became self-driving, then you could just reach out and you can do and watch television, talk to people while you you go around. Um, And that's nice in a way when I talk about it that way. I mean, that sounds really functional. Except maybe not. I don't know. You know, while I have a pessimistic view of this, it it certainly could be done uh, in a way that might be beautiful. Um, But I think my fear is that it will replace uh, the beauty of the actual world out there. Well, with Alexander Weinstein, we're going to take calls next hour. Questions about high technology. Maybe you can even relate your own story or two. Give us another story out of Universal Love that you can, if you would. Well, the the last story, Islanders, is uh, it envisions a world where the whole whole world has become flooded. And so there are just these islands, you know, America has turned into these different islands, and a father and son are stranded on one of these islands, and they're diving. They go out sort of fishing, and the dad was smart enough to have stored all these diving tanks. And so they'll dive down for the treasures into the suburban landscapes and uh, that are down below, and they start pulling up these things like record players and fixing them. And, and so it's this really watery world of um, of a near future. I haven't played video games in God knows how long. Uh, I think some of the last times, uh, it must have been about 25 years ago, uh, some kind of video boxing and stuff. I do remember oh, yeah. I do remember Pong. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. Oh that was, that was yeah, the had, first that was one. Atari. That was it. The, that was the first one. You'd yeah. watch this little dot go back and forth like you were a little tennis guy, and you were just playing with this little round thing, holding it, going boom, 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 and that. I know we we loved it. Our minds were blown back. Yeah, and now they're amazing. It's like you're there. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, I was I was uh, you know Atari and then Nintendo generation, and so yeah, me too. When, when we got into Super Mario Brothers, that was completely mind-blowing that you could actually like do something like that, um, immediately showing us just how bad Atari had been in some ways. Um, and then, yeah, my son's game at this point, I mean, he has virtual reality. He's playing those immersive games. I mean, you, you, you play football like you're actually in the stands watching a football game. Yeah, and I mean, and it's incredible. You know, and a funny thing that inspired one of these stories was, you know, he wanted this video game called Just Cause uh, 3, Just Cause 3, and it's a game where you're essentially going around blowing things up with bazookas and you name it. And I said, no way, this is completely too violent, you know, but eventually I yeah, relented. Exactly. And then I got hooked on the game, and it turned out that I was staying up late at night playing this game, and I loved it, you know, I'd hit this sort of like, you know, which, which boy 
the boy in me that wanted to blow up, you know, whatever gas tanks with bazookas, apparently. Um, and so that ended up becoming Purple Heart, the story, which is a war game that uh, father becomes addicted to as his son is playing it and actually creates, it actually controls droids. These games uh, must make big money. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and it's such a big market now because adults are playing them. It's like self, like myself. Um, and so I was thinking about how, you know, it used to be like at a certain point you aged out. Like I wouldn't go to college and talk to people about Super Mario Brothers. Um, but now that, in fact, that's exactly what everybody's doing. When we take calls, if you know of a great game box, let us know. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of out of that. I mean, I guess I should have kept abreast of what was going on there, but... Uh, well, and that's the thing. It's so far advanced. You get the controller, and it's got eight new buttons and two different pads. Well, do you hook it up to your flat screen, I guess? You do, yeah. yeah I mean, you hook it up that way, and... And then, you know, and I suck at the video games now. I try it, and I'm awful, and, and that actually drove me to try to learn it because I used to be good at this. Are there different levels so you can at least win once in a while? Yeah. I mean, you know, part of the fascination is it both levels. Um, there's no longer in many games this three lives and then you're dead and you have to start over. Uh, it's sort of an infinite playground. And then there are these open worlds, which for me I think is the most interesting part, which is games where you don't have to follow the storyline at all. You can kind of leave the, the the platform almost and end up in a whole new part of town. What do you think of the technology of Alexa? Yeah, I feel like it's creating... A, it's the first step towards the robot friend that we want. You know, these these people we can talk to that aren't people. I mean, it's it's... It, it's, it's amazing technology. Yeah, it is amazing in that, you know, you say, Alexa, do this, or please play this, or, you know, and it does it really well. Um, and so, again, it's such a mixed bag. I mean, things, some things about it is wonderful, and other times I feel like this is my new robot friend. <laughs> it's almost like uh, a parrot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this talking to our technology is a new part for us. You know, this is where we were talking about how quickly it moves. Like, we just have to learn now. Okay, we talk to our technology. Cool. Uh, or we touch our technology. And all of that creates a kind of intimacy, I think, for us with, with our new gadgets. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.